This is The Social Geek Radio Network. And welcome to Social Geek Rockstars. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing consigliere. Today's Rockstar panel includes my friends Paul Pickett of Wild Birds Unlimited and Stay in Your Lanes, Ingrid Schneider and Brett Larimer. Today we're talking about boundaries, work, life, family, franchise family, and more. Today's episode is brought to you by ServiceMinder, Hughes, and the panel is next after this word from Northeast Color. Northeast Color produces branded interior decor and custom signage solutions for the franchise industry with a special focus on value engineering. They work with franchisors to re-engineer their existing signage packages to lower costs on materials, shipping, and installation, all while maintaining the integrity of their client's brand. In short, Northeast Color literally makes things better. Learn more now at northeastcolor.com. We're talking about boundaries, and, and I think we can go in a lot of different directions with this conversation today. Um, Ingrid, you and I were chatting uh, a couple of times over the past couple of weeks and this idea of boundaries just keeps coming up and I think a lot of it has to do with something you mentioned about the all of the changes that that hit us all over the past few years with the pandemic and so many people working from home or in a non-traditional space went from working from home to working 24 hours a day Right. So tell me a little bit more about your thoughts on how working from home turned into this never ending work. Yeah, I think that I struggle with boundaries in, at my house because my computer's always on. Right. Yeah. So I have a laptop and I was moving it to room to room and then I would end up sitting on the couch working and I'd end up having my computer open and listening to a call while I'm cooking lunch and everything at home just became work and it really diminished my sense of rest and my sense of rejuvenating myself. And I had to kind of step back and do some crazy things um, to re reclaim that. Um, I hired an organizer, which is kind of hilarious, but they came into my office and they made it more friendly to um, workspace. They also made me an office, which I did not have, by the way. So I turned my guest room into an office so I can literally shut the door now um, and try to lock my computer in there. Cause I'm, I, I'm a girl that's like tech savvy and I love tech. So I'll end up on my phone answering emails or I'll end up on my computer with, like I said, in the living room while I should be relaxing and eating dinner. And I'm, I have three more emails to answer. I can do this. Right. <laughs> that sense of urgency because I'm an instant answerer and I'm people pleaser. And I know those things about myself, but like, I'm, I, I want to get those things done. And I also want it to like respond, especially when I was working with franchisees all the time. Like I wanted to respond instantaneously because I don't want them frustrated with me. I don't want them to feel like 
no one's listening. So um, yeah, I mean, that's really my struggle personally and some of the things I've done to fix it, but it's become a, it's become a problem and it still is a problem, even though I've done those things to try to rectify it. I like the idea that you actually had an organizer come into your home and organize your workspace. That's, that's taking it to an extreme level, but um, it, it sounded like you really thought that that would, that needed to be done. And it sounds like it's working. Yeah. I mean, for some part of it, it's working. I still struggle with boundaries. I think we all do. Right. Um, Paul and I actually had a conversation about this the other night. Um, and it's me, like I have to control and manage myself. Right. Uh, and people at some points in times with learning to say no and all of the things, prioritizing my tasks um, and, and going back and really thinking through things. But like, I think the first step to having a problem is admitting that we have a problem, right? <laughs> <It's kind of laughs> like, <laughs> like, hi, I'm Ingrid and I have a problem with boundaries. So I, I think that's why I, I brought somebody in because I knew what I wanted to do with the space, but also like, that's what they do for work. That's what they do for a living. So please come help me and tell me like what I need to do to make this an office and not a guest bedroom. So, but still being able to use it as a guest bedroom, honestly. So they did a great job too. I love that idea of, of physically turning a space into work versus home. I, I think for some of us, that definitely helps. Um, I got past that pretty early in my work from home phase because I started working from home several years ago when I had a two-year-old at home. And, and, and that makes you rethink your space real quick, right? Because, you know, having a, a call and, you know, doing things that I do for my business, like, oh, I don't know, recording a podcast, um, not real uh, easy to do if you've got a two-year-old who really wants to, you know, come say hi to dad in the office right now. So, you know, setting up, you know, first setting up parameters and boundaries with your family is one thing. And then moving some of those things into your workspace and saying, okay, before five o'clock, you know, dad's going to be over here and you're going to be over there after five o'clock we can play. Right. And, and that actually having, having my daughter around actually, made me think about, okay, if I can make that rule for her, why can't I make the same rule for my team or for my clients or, or someone else? And, you know, maybe, maybe word it a little bit differently, but um, you know, it, it's, you're very important to my day, but I really have something else I have to do right this very minute. And, and I'll see you at, uh, at five o'clock, Paul, I know you've worked from home, um, for a shorter time than some of us was that really a result of the of the pandemic and and you know starting in around 2020 for you or what was your timeline with you know working more from home i had not been a big worker from home i you know i worked from home like i would um in my role at wild version limited i would read leases i would have evening calls with candidates who are on the west coast but it was few and far between. And so the pandemic was exactly, as you said, the impetus for me to go home and did it. What I found, it was like very much like Ingrid, is that, I mean, I've always been 
I've worked a lot of hours, right? I love my, I love my job. I love my company. I love my franchisees. I did. That was a great, it's always been a great thing, but what I found in a, uh, at one point, um, my founder and CEO, Jim Carpenter called me and said, just how you doing? This is pretty early. And I said, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. And he's like, I want you to make, you know, manage your, your life well. And, and I said, well, you know, Jim, I've always been way more than nine to five, but working from home is sort of five to nine. And um, that's kind of what happened to me. And we just never quit. And, you know, my husband works and his role is he is the required bookkeeper for the first year. And then many of our franchisees continue having him as their bookkeeper. So it was pretty much Wild Birds Unlimited 24-7. And that's what we did. And during that time period, during that window, it was really helpful and it was important and it was required. Once I started, and very few people at, at our office went back quickly, but it was about July. I also, some of you know this, and speaking about boundaries, I'll just share, you know, I broke my hip <laughs> during that window of time. And so I would, it was just like the whole home thing was I was ready to go. I was ready to go back and it, it did allow me to, while well, I continue to work um, remotely, sometimes I'm more actually remote this week. Um, I was able to manage that um, tendency to constantly have the computer on, constantly be answering my phone. I just had to manage that a little bit differently. And I've gone back to it. I'm still, you know, I'm a fast responder. I'm, mm -hmm. I, I like to get it done. And for me, and I'm so interested in hearing more from the other the three of you, you know, my biggest issue is, is that I love my work. And so does my, you know, at our house, we love our work. William yeah. loves his work. We just, we love that mix and blend. Some of my best friends in the world, the closest people, the people that I call when I really have to call are in my professional circle. I'm totally cool with that. The trouble is, is making sure that your boundaries and rules, my Paul Pickett's boundaries and rules, don't influence others who feel like, oh, I have to do that too. So attempting to put in place those protective walls so that my team doesn't think that because I respond to a franchisee at nine o'clock on a Saturday night, potentially from a wonderful place where I'm hanging out with other friends that they have to do that. Mm. And that, that they don't feel like, Oh, he says we don't have to, but he is, and maybe he's judging us for not. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what did you do? Did you, did you have that conversation with yeah, these folks yeah. and say, listen, just because I'm responding to this email doesn't mean I expect you to do the same or how did that conversation go? Well, the converse, yeah, and it was really direct converse, I mean, really open conversations, but direct conversations always seem like I'm, you know, admonishing them, but no, I was always <laughs> like, you guys know that this is not an expectation, and know that, you know, it's, it's do what I do, not really do what I say, do as I say, not as I do, you know, that old mm -hmm, saying, mm -hmm. this is do what I do, which is for me to be totally comfortable with where those boundaries are for me. 
do what I do. Those boundaries may be very, very different for you. And I totally respect it. And like I, Seth Holen, who works with me, has four children. He can't in any way. Uh, not only is there no ex expectation, but there's no ability yeah. for him to do what I have the ability to do. Yet that being said, those kids go to bed and I can see emails coming through at sometimes yeah. 7 30, 8 30 at night. Um, but I think it's the important thing for, at least in my world, is to just make it clear that everyone has their own boundaries and they have to be respected and not judged. And that's the that's the biggest thing because no one wants to be judged and everyone wants to be thought of as a superstar and you know in but that means something very different for everybody. And that you has know, to really come from within. Maybe that conversation is something that we should just plan on with new team members, especially, <laughs> and just say, you know, listen, hey, my name's Jack. Here's my cell phone number. You know, um, a few things about me, right? And list a few things. And oh, by the way, um, here's how here's how you can best reach me is is either through this method or that method. And, and here's how I respond to people off hours, right? I'm, I'm a lot like you, Paul, in that um, I have had to have a conversation with some newer teammates over the past year, letting them know that I have a tendency to come up with crazy ideas on the weekends. And instead of writing it down and scheduling a meeting with you and so forth, I'm going to send you an email with that crazy idea or something that I'm just curious about. Um, I do not expect you to answer me back on a Saturday or Sunday or in the evenings or any, or, or even immediately, you know, if, if, if I need something immediately, if it's an emergency email is not what I'm going to go to anyway. So if you get an email from me on a Saturday or a Sunday, don't worry about it. Read it Monday, read it Tuesday, read it whenever you're, you know, back in the saddle, I'm just sending it out. So I don't forget, and I don't expect anybody to get back to me immediately because that's the people who expect that are, are the ones that are kind of driving the problem that we're all here to solve today, I think so. Right. But I think there is another, you know, um, phrase that gets added onto that, that I, at least that I did uh, with my team is to say, is that Okay. Or do yeah. I have to change my behavior so that you're not uncomfortable and I may have to change my behavior and pick up my phone and actually put it into a notes or put it, do the email to myself because I don't want you to feel like, even though we've had this conversation, he's still going to be a bear about it. And yeah. I, if that even crosses your mind, you, uh, you have full permission to tell me yeah that makes me uncomfortable because i don't feel comfortable waiting until monday so yeah, yeah. There, there's I, enough problems i say out this there. like i'm such a pro at it i'm not no, that, you know there have been many times but but you <laughs> recognize two it. people yeah. during the pandemic who work partial you know they've got a uh -huh. hybrid and i'm like that's you have to tell please you don't have to please tell me when i'm making you uncomfortable because of my weird schedule because for me, sometimes it is, like Ingrid said, I mean, I'm a people pleaser, but at the same time, it's also pleasing myself because it's off my list. Because I'm that guy that keeps all that right. crazy list in my brain, like, 
don't forget on Monday morning to do this. Oh, it's just easier to do it now and then I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I think we've been separated at birth, Paul, because I'm the same way. Part of part of me, you know, lobbing those uh lobbing those uh boulders over the wall is so I can get it off of my desk, right? So that's that's part of it. Um Brett, tell me where you're kind of at with all of the work from home pre-COVID, post-COVID, like what's your communication style with your team and and franchisees and and colleagues like us in the industry that that you collaborate with on on a lot of things? How how are you communicating, you know, after hours, weekends, that kind of thing? What's your style? So I'm in the midst of navigating this currently. Um, I am a military spouse. My wife's in the Navy. So we recently moved recently within the last year, moved from the West coast to the East coast. Mm. And I did not fully understand the impact (laughs) of the time zone differences, but when you work for a West coast company and you live on the East coast, all of a sudden your workday starts bleeding into your night because people just aren't thinking about how drastic that time difference is. I was totally guilty of it when I lived on the West coast too. Um, So for me, it's been over the last year learning, okay, just because I'm getting 20 Slack messages at 8 p.m. Eastern time, well, that's only 5 p.m. Pacific time, but I don't have to respond to those right now. I should not be responding to those right now. Um, so the, the process of figuring that out really started with our exec team, our corporate team, for me, the marketing group that I work with, just saying, hey, I'm really trying to set this hard boundary, wrapping up my workday by 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern time. So, you know, I'm not going to be responding to these afterwards. Um, am I always good at that? No. Do I still respond to messages way too late at night? Probably. Um, but the, the more difficult piece has actually been trying to communicate that to our franchisees. They are wonderful, but they're excited and eager and want to have a lot of their issues dealt with right then and there. And if it's 8 p.m. or, you know, some some of them have day jobs on the West Coast and then the franchise Mm -hmm. stuff they're working on with a partner or somebody else in the evening. And so then it starts becoming really late phone calls that you're getting. And so communicating those boundaries ahead of time has been really, really important. And then for me, just providing gentle reminders saying, hey. Uh, maybe they call and I'll shoot them a text or an email saying, I saw you called. I'm eating dinner with my family right now, uh, but I would be happy to find some time tomorrow that we can schedule to have this conversation. And so scheduling those calls out, one, it gives them a little bit of follow-up. So it knows that you did see them, you're not ignoring them. And then two, it puts it within your work boundaries the next day. And I found that over time that helps them keep in mind, okay, Brett's East Coast now, I'm not going to disrupt her that's still messy. That still encroaches outside of my working hour boundaries, but I've found taking that approach just has a, a better learning curve. It sticks in people's minds better than if I were to just ignore them and people thinking, Oh, she only calls me back really early in the morning. Um, that, that clear communication and then clear communication to the rest of your exec team. What are your boundaries? Do your supervisors know that? Do the people working below, you know, that, um, I've also got a chronic illness. And so sometimes I need to go take a nap. (laughs) I'm going to be useless if I don't do that. I'm very lucky to have um, a boss that understands that. And so sometimes it's just communicating that it's, Hey, 
I know we have this um, time scheduled for today or I've got this, but this is one of my conditions. This is a boundary I have to set. I'm not going to do a good job with this if I have really bad brain fog. Give me a 15 minute power nap and I will be back and we can have that conversation. But if you don't communicate those boundaries, people aren't going to know. And I think that's the communication piece has been really essential for me. The thing about the the evenings that you mentioned too, with the time zones and the differences, um, that hits me hard because I've noticed this, and this was happening before the pandemic, but it, it's really happening since. And um, maybe it's, you know, just all of these crazy marketing people that I work with, but I've noticed this trend of, I don't communicate with some uh, some of my clients all day long because they are locked in a conference room with their CEO all day long, or they're in a meeting with their operations team all day long, right? Then around seven, eight o'clock, I start getting replies from them because they're finally free to communicate with me and, and other people from the industry. And, um, and I really notice it around 10 o'clock at night, central time. Um, and I call it wine 30, because I think the trend is they put the kids to bed, <laughs> right? They pour a glass or another glass. Um, they're maybe checking out some news and uh, they fire up the laptop again, right? So it's almost like that, that second working day of the day where people are finally free from the stuff that they had to do. And now they're maybe checking in on some of the, the conversations that they wanted to have or, or people that they felt like they needed to get back to. So, yeah, I, I, I say a lot right now. I talk to more people over text and email at 10 o'clock at night than I do 10 o'clock in the morning. And I think that's just a, I think it's a trait of people specifically in the marketing space. I think franchising is is a big part of that too, because Paul, going back to what you were saying, we're all surrounded by people who, as much as we like to vent about some things, we we pretty much love this industry, right? right. And we love the people and we love the the work that we're doing and, and the businesses that we're growing. So um, I complain about working too many hours, but I probably wouldn't have it any other way. Right. I'm, I'm still going to do what I do. Well, I think now we also are all um, subject to there's so many channels. So, I mean, how many right. the three? I mean, you you like I'm done. OK, I'm chilled out. I'm not I, my laptop's shut down. I'm just chilling out and I'm in development. Right. So everyone has my cell phone number. They got it when they started and they and it's, you know, if you, if you spend 10 minutes on my website on my public facing franchise development website for Wild Birds Unlimited, you can find my cell phone number. So yeah. then I'm getting those, the texts, and I'm a Luddite. I don't know how to put an autoresponder on. And I would <laughs> never remember to put it on and off every single night to say, but I've got that, that I'm taken, right? You know, my time is gone. And then you get the, then you have people who use uh, LinkedIn messaging and they're doing that and that's coming in and dinging. And then so... It's like, how many places do I have to put an auto out of office if I do need to take that time? And I can't, you know, and then how many places you have to remember that you put it on to go take it off when it's time to take it off. I can't manage all of that. So it's just a, it is more um, 
it's just it's more mouths to attend to right yeah. and yeah if so, you guys have a solution for me like is there a universal place to say pickets out tell me i'll, I'll put it in <laughs> Hughes powers the networks that people and franchises everywhere depend on. Hughes enables franchises to attract and retain more customers and create consistent brand experiences across locations. And once the right network is in place, franchises can further use their existing equipment, like providing secure Wi-Fi for guests or deploying digital signage to engage customers. A secure, high-performing network can protect a franchise against data breaches and the harm they can cause the brand and business. Hughes is small enough to care, large enough to succeed. Reach out and find out how Hughes can become your networking partner. Call Carl Udler at 301-601-6427 or visit Hughes.com slash franchise. Does anybody keep a separate phone for business and personal? Several years ago, people would have, you know, this is my work phone or this is my personal phone. Is anybody doing that anymore or are we pretty much all living on one device? I'm living on one device. I have some friends who use CallRail and some other software mm-hmm. that you can use to make a phone number so that goes into a different inbox, but um, I'm a one device girl. Yeah. Any Anybody else all on one device? One more thing to potentially lose? No. <laughs> I, I spend too much time looking for my phone the way it is. I can't yeah. <laughs> I could never yeah. imagine that. I, I'm I the same. Out my my tile, Paul. If you don't have a tile a system, you should probably get one on your phone, your keys, and your wallet. Changes your life with losing things. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Christmas present for Paul. We've been talking a lot about boundaries with time and office space and devices and things like that. But let's get into some more conversation on boundaries when it comes to things like communication and conversation and um, other types of things that may come up with within our work life. How do we sort of set boundaries with a new place of employment or new colleagues or, or new employees when it comes to, we're not going to talk about politics here, but we could talk about politics after work at the bar if you want. Like, does anybody have any 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 rules or or sort of ways they start a conversation or or start communicating with new people that you're working with when it comes to those types of issues? Kind of comes down to that same thing, but it's, it's about conversation. It's about communication, and it is you know, like <clears throat> you guys know me. The three of you know me very well, and I'm pretty much I am who I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I try to be as respectful as I can. I try not to like splash anything in somebody's face that would make that I know would make them uncomfortable or would create a conflict. But, you know, I, I'm on, on my own personal Facebook page. I mean, I have franchisees who ask to follow me or ask to friend me on, on there. And, and I'm always willing to say yes, but I'm like, you may not love where I sit on the on the spectrum of politics, religion, uh, societal issues. So just be prepped for this. One of my favorite things was I have a franchisee um, in Ohio who it popped up on my screen 
that I should be friends with them because you know the so many mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And I called him and said, what if I did this? And he's like, I thank you for calling. I'm wildly successful, very, very smart, but he's like, I'm a little off center on, on a number of <laughs> topics. And I have a very macabre and sort of twisted sense of humor. And so I typically don't allow that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to say, yes, let's, let's become friends. And then you let me know, let's, let's schedule a call in a couple of weeks to say, because zero issue, if you want to unfriend me, because I'm too weird, that's cool. And I was like, I just so respected yeah, um, yeah. the fact that he was willing to talk about it and be really transparent about it. Um, and how did it go? Did you, did you? I, yeah, he's hysterical. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I am, I, I have a similar macabre sense of humor and sarcastic and and sometimes I have to call him to ask him what that, why was that funny? I'm sure it was, but I don't get it. <laughs> and he'll explain it to me. But it is a potential danger. I think we've all seen examples of it. It's like, ooh, that was a lot. Really, there's a lot of people that we have to do business with that, yeah. that may put them off. Yeah. Think about what you're doing and maybe... I mean, I've honestly just, it's, it became exhausting to me and I started not loving social media. And mm-hmm. so I just quit doing those kind of things, honestly. And that was about me, not about anybody else. So it's a lot easier now. I'm a lot more birds, flowers, and, um, you know, friends, things, those kind of things. Yeah. But there's, you know, a conversation I, that will maybe be later is just this whole things of like, who I am friends with all of these people I do business with. And I, I have a professional connection. At what point is there, you know, the potential for other people to feel badly about that, that they're not doing that? Or is there uh, the cool kids and the not cool kids? And does that actually put out a boundary that you didn't intend to put? And does it stop connection it's it's a question. I mean, I've been in franchising a long time, and for the first fifteen years, it's pretty quiet. Yeah, and I attended everything, but I was not on panels much. I was kind of getting. I, I spent a lot of time at conferences by myself or with my company people. You know, the people from mm-hmm. Wild Birds Unlimited. But I went out hanging out with all of the you know, and I've been lucky to have developed such amazing friendships and have a big. Uh, audience I have a I have a great group of friends there and a lot of them and I'm very thankful for that but there are a lot of people who are like yeah I don't want to do that or do they not want to do it because they don't think that it's an open group yeah and and that could be there could be a lot of people who feel that way and it's it's a little hard for me though Paul to imagine Paul Pickett at a franchising event, not hanging out with a lot of people and speaking on panels and, 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 you know, having, having, you know, this group of friends surrounding him. That's, that's very foreign to me to think about. It's a long time ago, but it is, a, it, there was, it's, you know, I truly, I mean, I've been in franchising for thir- almost 34 years now. And at the first 15 years, I was pretty much just taking it all in and not, feeling well like the podcast that I loved the other week about imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. like can I hang out with x y or z person I won't name names that are that are rock stars why would they hang out with me so I never even tried until I finally got comfortable enough to say 
I don't care if they don't want to hang out with me. I don't care that, but that, that's a maturity and a growth thing yeah. that I had to yeah. deal with. That's, that's psychosis that I had to deal with on my own. <laughs> and then it opened up the doors and the, you know, but it is real. It is a real thing. Absolutely. Um, Brett, Ingrid, any thoughts on, on other boundaries that, that you feel that maybe some of us need to set more or, or maybe on the flip side, are people putting up too many boundaries and, and keeping themselves closed off and not engaging with people in a work situation that, you know, you, you never know if, if, if Paul hadn't let down his guard a little bit, and opened up his own personal boundaries, like we might not even be chatting with him today, right? If if he would have, you know, sort of stayed stayed arm's length away. Um, what do you think? Do you see people setting more boundaries or 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 not setting enough these days? I am who I am, and my personality is big and loud, and my feelings I don't hide. I'm not good at hiding. Um, which is a blessing and a curse. As a leader and as an executive on our team, it makes me a little bit more approachable to some people, but to other people, it terrifies them. So I very much fall in that category of, I do consider my work friends like family. I mean, my gosh, they've thrown an engagement party when my wife and I got um, engaged. They're there for every milestone. I am someone who's pretty open with connecting with people on social media. Um, simply because it helps me see what's going on in their lives in a positive way, sometimes even in a negative way. As a, a franchisor, there can be a lot of value there. If, you know, you have a franchisee who gets sick or maybe has a child that's sick, but they're not communicating that back to you because they're so far down the rabbit hole dealing with the situation. Um, so for me, it's it's given me the opportunity to see some of those things and then discreetly bring it back to my team and say, hey, look, so-and-so is going through something right now. What can we do as a franchisor to show them? We support them as more than just a franchisee, but as a human being, we want to help them through this. Um, so in that regard, it can be really helpful. But then on the flip side of it, even if you do view you know, your, your work, your team as a family, you should also have boundaries with your family members. And that includes coworkers that you treat as family members. And so understanding that at the end of the day, it's it's a blessing to work somewhere where you're really passionate about what you're doing, where you really love and care about the people that you work with. But you do also have to remember you are an individual. You have needs that you have to take care of yourself first. You have to take care of your family first. And so putting boundaries in place that allows you to do that will ultimately make you a better employee anyways towards that. Um, I think that's a lesson that <laughs> takes time to learn. I know when I was fresh out of college, I was full-blown workaholic, head down, nose to the grindstone, didn't think anything about it. And now that I'm moving into some of these next phases, my wife is asking me why I'm working way too late into the evening. My, <laughs> I have two blown retrievers. As soon as 5 p.m. hits, they are both, their little noses and chins in my lap, whining <laughs> at me, wanting to go out for a walk or go outside. And so it's, making sure that even if you do still treat your team like a family, you are putting yourself and you are putting, whether it's blood relatives or your chosen family first, that those relationships are a priority and, and that it's in line with what your life priorities are and that you set those boundaries around them. 
Ingrid, any any thoughts on other boundaries and and are people setting enough boundaries or or do you think we've kind of come full circle and people are are setting themselves up to be in in the space where they want to be right now? It's such a buzzword right now and something that I think a lot of people are talking about, but I think that it's contingent on the person, right? My significant other is like the most extreme introvert. He works in the Web3 space. He does things that I don't understand for work. And he's very hyper intellectual. He's also an Enneagram 5 if you're an Enneagram user, which they're very driven by production and what they do and their work. So, um, you know, he's a very different kind of guy with boundaries. His his work folk don't know anything. His work folk, his, his work friends or his work Mm -hmm. partners or whatever you want to call them don't know anything about his personal life and I I ask him about that often whereas everyone that I work with knows so much about my personal life sometimes where I'm like okay like this person you know is it is it too much should I overshare which is something I'm always afraid of oversharing but I think the franchise community is unique in that we're relational and we're built on relationships and I I have always felt so welcome and such a part of this community because people care about people genuinely. Um, and like Brett was talking about caring about our franchisees and caring about the people that we work with or our franchise family, our franchise friends, like it's a very unique space. So I think too much, I don't think that there is too much. I just think it's contingent on person to person. And I also think that it's very unique to our space that we, you know, you and I talked watched a TED talk. I, I sent it out to all of you guys about, about boundaries. And that girl was like, don't call your work friends, family. And yeah. It really bothered me at first. And we talked about that, Jack. And I was like, what do you think about this? Like this woman says like, it's a bad, it's a bad idea. But, but I think that the franchising space is so unique and that we really do care about each other. And we really do want people to succeed. When I, when I lost my job at Frios, everybody just like pushed in hard like what do you need who are you what can we help you with like and I've never been a part of that community a part of a community like that where you know it's a hard time that people are like just coming at you full force wanting to support you Um, and that could be an invasion of boundaries but you know it wasn't it was like the biggest gift and so much grace and a welcomed invasion yeah 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 so you know I Again, I think communication is key. Paul nailed it early on that culture and communication within these companies, like, and and I I am a workaholic. I like to use the send later button on my emails a lot. Like mm-hmm. I'll send it, I'll send mm. everything to queue up at 8 a.m. Um, and send like 15 emails where people probably get more than one email. They're like, how did she do that? Like she's in three places at once. <laughs> no, no, it's technology. Um, but, you know, j- just trying to really, Um, understand the culture and also cultivate a culture when you're in a work community that, you know, is, is clear with, with communication and boundaries um, and communicating those. So I think you probably, Paul, you're an amazing leader. I know that your franchisees speak like super highly of you. And I bet you've done a great job of communicating that to them, even though um, your house could have a wild bird sign probably out in the front with you and your husband working out there. (laughs) But you've made the brand part of your personal brand, right? And I think that's yeah. that's um, that's something that works well for you, and it works well for the brand. So, so there's there's a good give and take there, right? And I think that and it has to 
that has to be a personal choice. Yeah. That that cannot be an institutional requirement from any position, whether you're in a brand, you're in franchising in general, or whatever industry you're in, that has to be something that everybody is on board with and is comfortable with. Um, And it's important to actually manage that, I think, for especially for, um, well, for any brand, right? It's like how much of the brand do you want that person to have impact on? Because mm-hmm. it can be, in, in my experience, it has been incredibly powerful and very helpful and a wonderful life experience, but it could be equally really challenging. Yeah. Ingrid mentioned something that, that I think hits us all, and that's the, the concept of hashtag franchise family, right? And I got to tell you, I've worked in a couple of other industries before, and I've never been in any industry, business structure, whatever you want to call franchising these days, where, where people were happy to say that they were part of this quote unquote family, right? I don't think, I don't think there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, the, the insurance family or the healthcare industry family, right? That that's something that um, I, I don't know that they would be proud to share that hashtag with in, in some industries. I want to thank you all for being here and sharing very openly um, about, uh, about this topic. And um, I, I can't wait to see you all again in person and have more conversations down the road here on the podcast. Thank you so much, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. ServiceMinder is the platform for managing and operating home services brands, from tracking marketing efforts to delivering professional online proposals directly to clients, to lead capture, to automating daily tasks. ServiceMinder provides unique tools and integrations designed to make your brand stand out from competitors. See why ServiceMinder currently supports more than 50 home services franchise brands and integration partners. Book a demo today at serviceminder.io. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.